And we're live. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. This is episode five, I think. Wow. Yeah. We're ready. S- storming through <laughs> of It's a Little Bit Funny. Of the yeah, as yet unreleased to the public at large podcast. Yeah, we want to get some, uh, what? What is the turning point for it being released to the public at I large? I think when five. we make a good podcast, that's that point <laughs> yeah. we will. Because it's already in the hands, technically, of people that aren't us. Yeah. So does that not count? They're mm-hmm. sort of beta, beta testers. Okay. Yeah, I think five is the point where we should start. Do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the one, really. This is it. This okay, is it. Pressure's on. Yeah. Well, should we introduce ourselves? I think we should. Yeah. You're Sam. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Alex. And I am Daniel. And welcome. Welcome. We are. It's a little bit funny. I already said that. You said that, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. Good to re- <laughs> straight up. But that's fine. It's good to keep rebranding yeah. throughout the yeah, yeah, yeah. SEO. Yeah. Should Brand we get away. those little, you know, the little sort of idents made of little jingles? Little jingles of somebody saying it's a little bit funny. Of Elton John himself saying yeah. it's a little it's bit a funny. It's a little bit funny. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. good. Yeah. How much do you think we'd have to pay a to lot do that? of money? I say nothing until we get caught. Yeah. And then we cross exactly. that bridge when we come to. What do you mean caught? I meant like have him re-record it. Oh, uh, actually, us. I thought you meant steal the. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see. Yeah, probably not that much. We still somehow trick him into doing it <laughs> in his own home. We're like Elton. What do you think of this joke that I just told? <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. ah. No. Come on, Mike. Okay. If I toned it down a bit. Well, I think it'd be less funny. <laughs> no, but if it was something between that, why are you in my house? <laughs> we got it. Let's, we've got it from that. We'll piece it together. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out you can just do a great Elton John impression. Sam could do it as well. Turns out he said it in a song of his. <laughs> um, cool, yeah, this is the podcast where we go through different songs, different lyrics, um, and have a think about whether the lyric writer could have done a bit more with it or rethought it in some way. Yeah. That's fair to say. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're sticking to for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the most compelling format. Well, don't... I can say that because, you know... I'll edit it out. <laughs> yeah. Because you're on another more successful podcast, is that right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm on the worst idea in the world. <laughs> um, How was everyone's weekend? Not bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Should we say it's, it's Monday? Again. Monday. Monday the 25th yeah. of March. Yeah, what'd you do? What'd you get up to? Uh, went political weekend, went marching against really? Brexit. And we already brought politics into it. As yeah, soon as we go, as soon as we break into the public sphere. Yours? Yeah, really good. I watched a, um, I'm going to get into this. I watched a documentary on Netflix. It's called Behind the Curve. Yeah. Um, did you have you seen it? I saw it last night actually. Did yeah. you? Yeah, I did. Amazing. It's um, for those that haven't. I've seen it, it too. Thanks for well, asking. Well, you didn't say when Daniel said. <laughs> well, so I'm I didn't excited. know that was a window for both it? of us. Uh, three nights ago, so oh, I've oh. had time to mull it over. I'm a bit behind the curve actually on this one. Oh. I, can I just say, amazing name. As I was watching, it, I spent about half an hour from a writing perspective thinking, such a clever name. Yeah. From so many. Because they are behind. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Explain it's it well, basically, for those that haven't seen it, it's a documentary, a Netflix original documentary about a growing group in America, specifically, who believe that the Earth is flat. Yes. And they are essentially um, 
they're very sort of, they're very passionate and they're very um they're sort of scientists in a way but without yeah but i was with, impressed they're sort of misguided yeah i was it's impressed by i was impressed by the gumption with which they yeah. approach scientific experiments yeah it's a shame for them that those experiments disproved their theories yeah quite relentlessly they are, i don't know it's it's growing and they're so um they've got so much charisma that it's unfair to call it a cult but they're essentially bringing people in who have always wanted to belong yeah. to a group. And they're all conspiracy theorists, so it's not just the Flat Earth, that, but that's the main one. But they also, you know, their other conspiracies are about, like, the moon landing and, and all the other things, and everything's sort of controlled by the CIA and all of that. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that, but about halfway through the documentary, I was, I was starting to side with them. Okay, you should be ashamed to admit Well, that. you haven't heard what Shopping. I was going to say by the end of the documentary... I'd fully sided with it. But if you'd stopped halfway, if Han had been like, oh, we're having dinner now, you'd have gone downstairs as a, a flat earther. I don't know why you'd have gone downstairs. Downstairs. Flat. To yeah. someone else's flat, yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's flat. But you, you would have been a flat earther at that moment. Yeah. Probably. That is shocking to me because there was no point. There were points where I was sympathetic to them. Mm. There was no, in terms of them as human beings. But there was no point where I... Yeah, then there was no sort of narrative arc where they were meant to build up their theories and then slash them in the second half. No, yeah, that was the point. So what they did... So it was really cleverly edited and they actually did mm. tell quite a, a clever story through the documentary. But I yeah. thought what was great was that the scientists that they had on, not to talk to them, but to just do like a sort of talking head bit, they all... They didn't try and disprove the flat earth at any point they just gave a commentary on how people can come to these conclusions mm. and that it's more important to have a discussion with people rather than tell them that they are absolutely wrong yeah um so i thought that was interesting but mm. also the arguments that the flat earthers themselves would bring up as to why people say the earth is round they would bring up an argument and then they would go they would have an answer for it mm. and that's why i started to side because i was like obviously it was all confirmation bias mm. So, and then when I stopped watching the documentary and Googled even for one second, like flat earth and round earth. You Googled it? I Googled it. Because I wanted to see a bit of proof that I myself could see in the real world. Because yeah. if someone said, the earth is obviously round because we've got pictures of it from space, the obvious argument is, well, I've never been to space. I can't prove that myself. Okay, but now you have been. But now I've been, yeah. <laughs> and I, well, you know what? <laughs> pictures are so blurry, I can't. <laughs> can't actually prove it. Disposable camera yeah. with a thumb in front of the lens. But there are little experiments that you can do yourself uh, to prove it. And obviously I've done none of them, but I trust in the, in the theory. So. so the one I went yeah. for was one of, their, one of the first arguments that this guy... Should I name him? Should I give him the... Yeah. Yeah, give him that we, bit of exposure. We can bleep out. Yeah. Sorry. He is very full of Mark himself. S. No. M. Sargent. <laughs> <laughs> he... Um, so one of his first clues is that if the world was a globe, there would be very short flights between Australia and South America. Yet, on flight tracking apps, supposedly, the flights connect in odd places, which suggests that the Earth is flat and that they are further than the globe suggests. Mm. Then you can go online, you can find very quick flights between the two. Yeah. That was... And didn't they, didn't they raise that to him? And he said, oh, I've never seen this. I felt like throughout the whole documentary, they didn't point out things to them. They let them disprove Just, themselves. They're actually quite... A lot of the sort of protagonists of the documentary were very... They were sort of... It was amazing how unself-aware they were, but they were also aware 
of the same things happening to other people, but they couldn't see it in themselves. So at one point, the main protagonist woman, I can't remember her name in it, uh, Patricia oh, something, yeah, Patricia. She, she's under, um, she gets a lot of scrutiny from other sort of flat earthers and, and people that follow um, these conspiracy theories. They think she is a plant mm. by yeah, the CIA. Great. Great. And she is talking to the cameras about how she's doing all she can to prove to these people that she's real, their reasoning is that Patricia ends in the letters CIA. That's all I needed. Which is great. Yeah. But then, so she's trying to prove that she's a real person. She's like, oh, I keep showing them my birth certificates and, and photos of me as a child. But they just say, well, you could, have, you could have planted that. You know, if you worked for the CIA, you'd have all that stuff. And she comes to a realization that she's like, no matter what I do, I can't convince these people. But I know that they're wrong. And there's a sort of parallel because that's essentially how we look at her. But she nearly comes to that conclusion. Then she goes, but obviously I'm right. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort of, so close, yeah. they come so very far. close, but they're sort of so wrapped up in it. But it's very interesting. It's a really interesting study yeah. of these human beings. Because it's good that they, I like the idea of questioning first principles anyway. Yeah. But to base your entire identity around that. Because they are all conspiracy theorists because believing in a flat earth necessitates the biggest conspiracy theory known to man. Like, all the airlines are in it. Yep. All the space agencies are in it. All the governments in the world are in it. Yeah, all the schools, everything like that. So it's basically just that the whole principle is that we are we have been lied to our entire lives and continue to be lied to. But for no, they never really said why that would be the case. Like, what is the benefit of pretending we live in a sphere? Just to have control over the population. Mm, I think keep that them under a lie. Their reasoning was: if you can't, if you don't even know the fundamentals of the place you live in, yeah, then you'll always be very malleable and under the control of the government. Yeah. What I found interesting was they always. St- I don't know if you noticed this, but they always started by saying, "You're born. When you're born, there are two truths that are taught to you: that one plus one equals two, and that the Earth is a globe." And they never delve into whether <laughs> one plus one doesn't equal two. Yeah. And I wonder if their experiment just proved that too conclusively, have you, far too quickly. Yeah. Have you um, heard of the actor Terence Howard, who was, uh, he played uh, Iron Man's mate in the first Iron Man, and he was in, he's been in a few other things. Basically, he's created his own science called Terryology, and he believes that he's proved that one plus one equals one. Ooh. It's and it's going to change the entire nature of mathematics. He can't get cast in anything anymore. <laughs> but he thinks he's like the next Carol Baldwin. Well, that's that's what I'm going to be googling straight after this. Yeah, absolutely. Terryology. That's yeah. the next documentary. Fascinating. But yeah, I think because there's a lot of documentaries on Netflix at the moment, and that one stood out to me as genuinely really good, really entertaining all the way through. I mean, to be honest. This is a good seek into our next topic. If you're ready, if you're ready to leave flat Earth, oh yeah, behind, yeah. <laughs> I've got forty five more minutes on it. <laughs> we just watched the whole documentary. Director's commentary. Well, I mean, yeah. that is not a terrible idea. So this next section is formats for a new show. Now, I know on this fifth anniversary, <laughs> and the first one launched publicly. Now's the time to have a fiddle. <laughs> I mean, which is the one that we hold up as our glorious example of the perfect episode, the holy cryo. <laughs> the bit before we started recording episode one. <laughs> well, I think that the, the format has uh, perhaps lost a bit of its luster in the time that we've been doing it. Perhaps that's a very controversial suggestion. So, 
to test the waters. Got a few ideas for new ones. Yeah. And really, these okay. are less for you two than for our audience of beta testers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I trust Hannah's opinion, for example, more <laughs> and Alex's mom's opinion <laughs> more than even. They're by Sam's mom. <laughs> First one. Yep. Okay. The show, I think the show should still be called, it's a little bit funny because we have a lovely logo that Alex has made for that. Yeah, and we bought the website, so... <laughs> have we? We have. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have. Okay, it's definitely still going to be called it's a little yeah. funny, but it might redirect to another URL. <laughs> That's the beauty of the name, is it's sort of multi-purpose. It yeah. really is. As, as long as we have this notional idea of some humour, it fits. Yeah. Um, this first, okay, first format just occurred to me then, as you were talking, it's all about Netflix documentaries. We watch a different one every week and we pick it apart. And we call it, well, it's still a little bit, it's a little bit funny. <laughs> we <have just laughs> and we call it. <laughs> That's it. Okay, yeah. second one. This one's called... Again, it's a little bit funny. <laughs> it's a little bit funny, but just to give the ideas a name so you can distinguish okay. them. And when I say, these haven't been thought through beyond the first few words. No, clearly. <laughs> we review obscure Wikipedia articles. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Okay, we bring a different one to the table. Yeah. Okay, leave that one. Yeah. Okay, is that it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The next one is, judge a book by its cover. <laughs> it's still, it's a little bit funny. It's a little bit funny, colon, judge a book by its cover. Okay. <laughs> where we have a book club where we, but it's, we don't read the book, but based on the cover of the book and the blurb, we review it. Okay. <laughs> the disappointing thing is that these are all so good. I know. we <laughs> excited to do all of them. Okay, this one, this one is a bit bizarre, but go with it. Yep. This one, we play, we look, you know there's awards for almost any industry, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we work in advertising. Advertising has its own awards that you would never know if you didn't work in advertising. Each week, we find a different obscure awards that we know nothing about. And we play the part of, the of a guest jury and decide whether, how, what our criteria would be if we were judging, I don't know, the smallest, the best semi-detached in Buckinghamshire awards. All right? Okay. Okay? That's the... Now, the final one, which I think is the strongest one. Oh, God. So it's called The Heist, right? Yep. Every week, the idea is we're planning a bank heist, right? And we have a pool of people from which to choose from. It's like a draft. So we have to put, the three of us are competing against each other to put together the best bank heist team, right? So maybe one week it's the characters from Friends. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe it works, works best if we all bring a different pool of characters. So there's a bit more Friends only six people. So say you brought... Ocean's Eleven cast. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Say, or say you brought the... Switch United. it around completely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So you brought the Man United first team, and Alex brought the cast of Friends, and I brought, brought I don't know, 
The cast of Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that'd be so good, because Joey would be counted twice. And then, and then, and then we draft, we take it in turns hmm. to pick and to make our case for why our team would pull off the most successful heist. Yeah. Right. That would be quite funny. So, those are the five... <laughs> is a li- it's a little bit funny. <laughs> Does a bank heist. Those are the five ideas on the table. The okay. problem is those are all very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Are they complete... Each individual idea seems like a completely new direction for the pod. Which I like. Which is I'm fine with. Yeah. But are we picking one or are these features? Or... I, I, I'm not even... I, I haven't even got that far yeah. in my thinking. I'm just putting them out there as... Because it's, you know, either we become the most superficial literary podcast there is, if we pick one of those ideas, mm. or we sort of get, you know, tapped up by <laughs> the feds if our podcast becomes about bank heists, despite the humorous it, approach to it. Doesn't, doesn't need to be a bank heist. No. Just thinking sort of financially, mm. just for a second, if we do all of them on a sort of five-week rotation, then we would own all of those ideas. And no one else could use them. And then if like a a big wig exec somewhere likes one of them, we're just do you know what I mean? We can I mean, get I mean picked it's up. A, it's a little bit funny, could be the umbrella for a series of segments. So in the in the first episode of our <laughs> podcast where we're open to the public, we've come up with an umbrella organization of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> with about five ideas. We're <laughs> about spreading our resources too thin. Essentially, what we've done is we've reinvented the radio show, and we have a number of features mm. of which the music analysing songs is merely a favourite recurring feature. Do you want to okay. do you want to explore any of them a little bit more? Not, do you have, not do you have a favourite? Do you have a favourite? Because you implied the last one was your favourite. The last one is my favourite because I think yeah. it has the richest. Territory so do we have to come up with stuff. the heist? What I don't understand is, for example, are we? What's our homework, for example, to prepare it? I mean, this is so I, behind the scenes. I, I, I don't know how good this content is. <laughs> I think it would literally be like, for a heist, you need these five archetypes. Say, mm. you just bring whatever characters you would like to discuss. If you want to talk about friends, then you bring the characters of friends. Okay, <laughs> that's a maybe. I think that's yeah. I'm pleased that you've been doing so much thinking around the podcast. I'm absolutely, I'm unemployed. Shall we move on to our current format? That's yeah. right. That's, that's given us food for thought, for uh, sure. Yeah. We have food what? for thought. Yeah. Music be the food of love. Play, Play on. on. Great. Kurt, okay. That was your cue, sir. So, <laughs> let's... Um, Can I say play on? So, the song that I picked this week is It's Raining Men uh, by The Weather Girls. Hallelujah. So the lyrics that I want to talk about specifically are, well, to be honest, just the whole thing, but the chorus, it's raining men, hallelujah, it's raining men, amen. I'm going to go out to run and let myself get absolutely soaking wet. So what's really funny about this is if you think about it really literally and this concept of there's a storm brewing and suddenly it starts raining human men. Yeah. Men of the human variety. Yeah, human males. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just made me really laugh to think of they go outside and just get crushed. Yeah. And just get absolutely... It would be devastating. In this, it'd be, in this sort it'd be, of apocalyptic scenario. Yeah, it'd be absolutely horrifying. And the go outside and let myself get absolutely soaky, it'd be just uh, a wash with blood. It would be horrendous. Beyond words to go outside and have humans falling from the sky at this rate. And then for them to be so... so they're so happy about it. Uh, it's are they, or is it just her? Is she the only one in this world who's... It's the two are they trying to stop her at the door saying, for God's sake, no. It's raining men, every specimen, every single one, but then just tall, blonde, dark and lean. Oh. So not every specimen. Just those four. No, rough and tough. Does oh, she not go rough and tough? Rough and tough and strong and mean. Not, it's not very diverse, actually, because she doesn't say every specimen, tall, blonde, dark and lean, introverted, no. bookish. It's all rough Nebbish. and tough. <laughs> Nebbish. <laughs> she did it in the extended verse. She went, Nebbish, introverted man. <laughs> just really made me laugh while everyone's going mad to it. Just the... The thought of this horrifying natural occurrence. And then she even mentions in the verse, God bless Mother Nature. Who is it? She's a single woman too. <laughs> Didn't know that. She, she on Tinder or something. <laughs> but yeah, but I think it's just, I think it's so great. It's so funny. The concept of it raining human it's, males. It's horrific. If you, if you think like, if you saw men falling from the sky now, mm. Maybe she's maybe she's in some sort of island that's being invaded by paratroopers. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean she's, it's like under occupation? <laughs> but still, you wouldn't. The pre-chorus says, um, according to all sources, the street's the place to go. But if there were paratroopers landing from the sky, I don't think you'd go out. No. Run out to greet them. <laughs> no. Also, the band is called the Weather Girls, but is that a band or are they actual meteorologists? They, it doesn't say actually. Um, I think that I think it's just the name of the band. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, hold on, wait. <laughs> that's not true. Um, Isora Armstead and Martha Wa- Martha Wash became known as the Weather Girls specifically for this song. Oh. Prior to that, they were known as the Two Tons of Fun. In <laughs> that was it. Really? Yeah. So they were named, that must be, that's so, I don't know, is that first to be named after a song that you've written? Um, I mean, they didn't write it. No, the uh, the fast food rockers got named after their um, McDonald's one. Do you remember that one? What were they called before that? Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza What were they called before that? The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but right, one, well, one thing I love about that song as well is she goes um, just about half past ten. I always love that they she's she's so specific about the time of this strange occurrence. You say specific, just about isn't very. That's sort of, that's sort of towards the end of the news weather time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it's it? just about half past ten for the first time. First time in history. history. Yeah. yeah, so that's why they're. I mean, for the first time in history is quite funny because uh, the previous lyrics are all about how, according to the sources, and like. The humidity's rising, barometers getting low. So they they notice the signs, but then it's the first time in history. So they're quite well prepared. Yeah. For the tsunami of. Yeah. I mean, think how quickly they would pile up. 
Oh yeah. I could probably not open the door bad. after a few. It's gonna be really outside. Oh yeah, it should be buried. Well, exactly. So, so why are you why are you, why are we trying to dispute in this instance? I don't know. I just think should there have been more sort of provisions taken, despite being the first time in history. Yeah, should it be like a song where she's like, "It's raining men." Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, because I like how it's like it should have been a sort of mournful dirge. <laughs> no, because I like how it beat it is. I just think maybe raining is the wrong uh, yeah is but... the wrong operative verb yeah because. It's, there's no, Do it doesn't rain in any other way other than from the sky down in a sort of, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Quite, uh, quite a velocity as well. You've learned What's a lot from the documentary. Absolutely. What is, <laughs> rains from the moon, man. What is from the, the heaven energies? Oh, that's what they're talking oh, about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what you think about the average weight of a man at terminal velocity going down to the earth, that's going to. It's going to be absolutely devastating. And I want that recognised in the song. Yeah. So in terms of uh, a vote for mm. this one, could they have been a bit more um, uh, a bit more responsible for mm. the sort of use of the word rain and having humans rain down and being so happy about it? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a difficult one. Are you voting? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay, three, three two, two, one. one. I mean, I'm going up. Oh, my God. So I'm voting. I'm the only one to... Defend that lyric. So Alex has gone up and Daniel and I've come I always down. do this. I condemned it. Yeah. yeah. What was your justification, Alex? I quite like the fact that she's clearly just thought about, you know, um, justifying getting wet as a lyric. You and she's clearly not thought it through. And I completely agree that she's wrong to do it. I just like that line of reasoning. As you read that line, actually, that's the first time I ever understood that line. Yeah. The double innuendo. Uh, and that one, just so we know, was written by... To, uh, Paul Schaffer and Paul Jabara. So they're the ones who voted down. They're awesome. not the weather girls. No. Or do you think? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's working. <laughs> well, I just think she could have saved it with a comma after raining. Then she's just telling people, like a bunch of men, that. She, do you but know then, what I mean? but then she'd be going out, presumably away from the men. Yeah, but she could have like, if she wanted to save herself, she's just like, oh, it's raining, men. Hallelujah. That actually works quite nicely, although I think if someone was that enthusiastic about it raining, you might think they were a bit mad. Over the top, unless she comes from yeah. some place where there's been a, a drought. Maybe. Yeah, actually. Although for the first time in history, it's going to start raining. <laughs> it has rained before, I think. Aren't you a weather girl? It's our first day on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Since records began. I mean, God bless one Since the Great Flood. <laughs> I guess the tall, dark, strong and lean thing doesn't make any... Every specimen doesn't make sense. <laughs> every specimen of rain. Uh, we've tripped ourselves up with so much pedantry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tripping ourselves up with pedantry. That's an alternative name for this podcast. <laughs> so much less catchy. <laughs> <laughs> the logo has to be completely reworked. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad we got, uh, got our thoughts out on that one. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Yeah, I'll go please. second. Um, the song I've chosen is the song Red by none other than Taylor Swift. So that was Red by Taylor Swift. 
Um, any thoughts on the artist Taylor Swift before I start? Um, yeah, I quite like her. Yeah. I feel like she's shat upon a lot by people. I think that she's po- she's more polarizing than I think she needs to be, mm. especially online. Yeah, I've always felt she was alright for a sort why of is that? catchy why, tune. Why does she get so much hate? I think there's a lot of people that are still fans of that Beyonce video. They should have won awards. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. When Amma didn't let her finish. Yeah. I'ma let you finish. Well, the company was still talking about that. <laughs> okay, that's immortal, that rap. That will live on. We'll be telling our grandkids about it. I'm going to let you finish. Did she ever finish the speech? No, no, no she I didn't. can't remember. No, Beyonce then won an award and invited Taylor onto stage to finish uh. her speech. And then Kanye <laughs> ran on again and said, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> what was he thinking? Of t- what did he think would happen? That they would then be like, oh... To be fair, okay, give the award to Beyonce. So this song is, as far as I understand, describing her emotions towards a man um, that is difficult to love for many reasons. And she is struggling with that. And she basically lists out, in musical form, a lot of analogies and metaphors. Mm-hmm. Not even metaphors, because she says like a lot. So a lot of similes. <laughs> yep. Um, so she'll go from loving him is like driving a new Maserati down a dead end street. <laughs> Don't know why she's gone for the branded piece of content there, but so we get very specific. She could have been sports, said sports car. Yeah, a new an, an old Maserati doesn't quite do it. No. So I guess it's you know I guess they I can sort of understand her reasoning there. You know, there's you know doing that three point turn in a cul de sac. Yeah. But she goes at one point to say. Fighting with him was like trying to solve a crossword and realising there's no right answer. Mm. I don't think she understands that crossword. <laughs> Has there ever been a crossword like Has that? Has there ever been a crossword published <laughs> without a right... Yeah, crossword. unsolvable crossword. And I don't understand what that means in terms of fighting this man. That is a terribly designed crossword. There's no yeah. right answer. But then you does... wouldn't get that in the Times. No. I don't know where she's getting her crosswords from. Does, is that what she means, though, that fighting with him was like... Realising that the uh, reputable newspaper has made a mistake and you have to complain. Is that what she means, do you think? Oh, there's been some sort of printing error. <laughs> yeah. That, that sort of alleviates guilt. She's trying to say that, f- that he's impossible, but it, it doesn't really come across that way. Oh, good pun. <laughs> I didn't, did not intend that. <laughs> Cut out any puns that I've made. The thing is, in the, this song is really fascinating, actually, because... If you go into the chorus, I know this this wasn't the bit that you no, picked up. No, go out, ahead. But if you listen to the chorus, losing him was blue, loving him was red. I couldn't help but think, do you think she has, what's that thing? Um, is it synesthesia? Where all your senses are interconnected. So, you know, there's like composers who when they yeah. compose music, they see colours and things. Yeah. So do you think maybe when she's like talking to this, this guy, or like when she interacts with humans, she like feels a colour? And she doesn't know. She doesn't know that that's a thing that other people have. So she's sort of trying to explain it in a song. So Taylor Swift singing about a synesthesia. She thinks, yeah, she is a synesthete. I thought you were going to reference Darius Dinesh's classic <laughs> "Colorblind." Do you remember that one? No one told me it feels so good. <laughs> he has a lot of colours in that. He doesn't. He doesn't feel the colours though, does he? No, because he then says, "I'm colorblind." Yeah, so he's got the opposite of this issue. Oh, you know, it'd be really, it'd be really, like, harsh if Taylor Swift is singing about Darius. 
Oh. And she's saying... That's why they're, yeah. balance, they're balancing off each other. Yeah, and she's saying, well, you're colourblind, but whenever I talk to you, I see all these colours. Oh, so. It's a, it's, a tra- it's a tragedy. Yeah. Her metaphors are... Uh, that Maserati one. That seems to me like she wrote that lyric while she was in that situation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she was in a Maserati on the phone to, like, her producer. He's like, aren't you meant to be writing some lyrics? And she's like, oh, my God. And you could just hear the engine. <laughs> People laughing. <laughs> it's a dead-end love. Where is she? She's in Hackney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so swift now, are you? Is it responsible to sort of suggest that something with clear answers can be impossible and that you should just give up because i like to picture taylor swift's flat is full of completely unfinished crosswords she's like oh that's so frustrating there's another one that's just one of those it's one of those impossible ones to complete but she's so i yeah i love that actually because i can imagine she's so famous and wealthy that no one she's just surrounded by sort of yes men so nobody would stand up to her. Like, no, she's, correct, she's got so many newspapers and unfit, yeah, crosswords, word searches, Sudokus. Yeah. And they're like, oh, do you not want it? That one's an easy one. She's like, seven words, seven letter words for yeah. cat. Yeah. Cats? No. Yeah. I mean, yep. Well, no, I guess there's nothing. Yeah, there's two nines in this line of the Sudoku. It's like, well, just start again. I've already used the three. Yeah. Crosswords have a definitive answer. That, yeah. is in their na- that is inherent to what a crossword is. Yeah. And if someone comes across, fight, if Fighting someone is like trying to complete a difficult crossword. That analogy has to live in a world where you you have to internalise the failings here. Yeah. Rather, and I'm almost quite impressed by her brazen ability to sort of suggest that the problem doesn't lie with her in this instance and that it comes with whoever at the times writes the crosswords. Yeah, if anything, she's accidentally admitted that it was her fault. Exactly. Because it was probably a relatively... You know, that was probably a way of circumventing the fighting with a particularly, maybe, a bit of a long word. Yeah. That she could have used. Yeah. But she failed. Didn't quite get the clue. But has thrown her toys out of the pram, essentially. And is blaming the puzzle. Because you could say, you know, like, you can describe people as, like, cryptic or, like, fighting with him was so cryptic, I didn't know the answer. Yeah. But to say, that's fine. it was impossible, there was no answer. Yeah. It was a mistake. Like... Yeah, it was like a technicality. Yeah, the technicality. Yeah. That is irresponsible. Yeah. He was like a seven-letter word, and she had like three Zs in there already. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. Well, it doesn't fit. It's another language yeah. or something. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what is this? So we're voting on. Did she write it? Yeah. Yeah, um, she wrote all the songs. We've um, we're voting on her lyric then. Whether she was externalising something that actually was probably uh, her own failings. Yeah. In this instance. Okay. Ready to vote? Three, Three two, two, one. Down. Oh, so Sam oh. and I have gone down. Daniel's gone up. I spared her. How come? I just because I think you know I I I quite like the metaphors that she's she's spinning up there, and I, I also like the idea of a crossword that can't be solved. I think they should have those, just to annoy all the sort of middle-aged old men that sort of are like, you know, they get grumpy and they take it away from their wife, and they're like, just leave me alone with a crossword for can I have a minute's peace? And I love the idea of them an hour later being like, this doesn't have a bloody... What, the, what is this? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I quite like that. All the Brexiteers. That, no, fuck, we're in politics in again. Cut that out. <laughs> we need to get you back into work. <laughs> in an ASAP. Rocky. 
Right, well, she's gone. That's two down. Yeah, so God. Taylor Swift goes down. Two down, God. With the writers of the Weather Girls. I still think, so far, the only ones that have survived still are Pitbull and... Um, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow. <laughs> yeah. Pitbull and Barlow, lonely. No, and also... Um, There's been a few more. The Smash Mouth guy. Yeah. Smash Mouth. Yes. What was his name? Yeah. Insert Greg, name here. Greg Camp, I think it was. That Greg right. Camp, amazing yeah. memory. So, Daniel, what is your song this week? Shakira's Wherever, Whenever. So, my thing is just with that couplet. Lucky that my breasts are small and humble, so that you don't confuse them with mountains. Now, <laughs> I don't know, I think even the most large-breasted woman would never have a problem in a romantic relationship. She'd find that her partner had arrived with hiking gear and was scaling her. And she said it's lucky. She said she's having a lucky escape. You know the the line after that is lucky. I have strong legs like my mother. Hiking to run for cover when I need it. From all these mountaineers. (laughs) To run from the raining men. (laughs) But yeah, I think yeah. Do you have any more to say on that? Absolutely not. That was literally that was literally it. (laughs) It is obviously ridiculous. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. But the the yeah the galling thing about that line is the lucky. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky, God, my breasts are small and humble. But confused as well. <laughs> that at some point, maybe the guy thought he was like, oh, these are breasts, lovely. But then at some point in the night, he's just like, <laughs> I've ascended to the... He's reached the PK. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah? PK nice. is her husband. Yeah? That's good. We'll keep that one in. Yeah. It was a quick one. Sometimes they're short and sweet. <laughs> Sometimes they're short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So let's vote then. Is her metaphor so ridiculous that she should be condemned to wander the valleys forever with the other condemned musicians? Or does she join Pitbull and Gary Barlow? No, but we know what the, that's answering to that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's, the, that's what happens after we vote on the question. Oh, on the question. We know the format of the show. <laughs> yeah. You have to pose it. And that's like saying, oh, what's gonna, you know, what's happening in this court case? I, well, you either go to prison or you're free. I, yes, I, but what am I charging? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. We are charging her with a, 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 with a confusing situation that is so extreme. Now, unless that she's got some... To confuse biological features with geological ones is just... Unforgivable. I think it, I think it's, it's stretched too far. <laughs> unless she's some sort of earth titan. Does it ever say how big she actually is in this song? Oh, so you're saying that this is from the perspective of like one mm. of those sort of... Well, I mean, maybe she's talking... Maybe she's singing at like the Flat Earth Convention and she's worried that they... <laughs> with the perspective that they have, that the Earth, that they, in flat Earth, surely you'd be able to see every geological feature. Yeah. yeah. That if she's far enough away, they might actually confuse her with mountains. And that would ruin their entire theory. Yeah. So she's like, lucky that my breast is small, small and humble, so you don't confuse the mountains, and thus negate the entire reason for this like convention. Yeah. And these two eyes, that for no other, the day you leave will cry a river. If you take that literally, that sense of size, yeah, 
Oh yeah. That's, I think this is a giant. This is like Mother Nature or something. I think she's in Lilliput, whatever it's called. What's that? Isn't it Lilliput? Yeah, Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver visited. Is it a book? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very short. What did the cover? The blurb look? gives it away. I mean, the picture and the blurb do tell a whole story in this particular case. It's the one where the big guy. Well, no, actually, a normal sort of Daniel read a version that was written from the people of Lilliput. <laughs> I, I, re- I read the revisionist history. Uh, when Gully, uh, Fern Gully, when he went to. He went to a place where all the people were really small. Lilliput. Do you know my dad used to get nicknamed Lilliput at school because he was so short? Oh. Which is very literate bullying, isn't it? Yeah. When you think about it's, it. It's high, high end. Yeah, it high really end is high end. Like you, a lot of victims of that bullying wouldn't get that reference. No. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe we should do that book one, just so at least I can get a bit of an education on it. That'll help me out. Are you not very well read? Um, I used to read when I was younger, and then as soon as I got a smartphone, that was the end of it, really. Whereas, Mosey, I am under the impression from that little library beneath your stairs that you are particularly well-read. I think I'm alright read. Okay. That doesn't sound as good, does it? No, you don't, you don't have sort of just, yeah. There's, not, there's well-read or poorly read, but there's no sort of middle ground. In between. And I, I think that's where read. I lie. Well, would you count, so, sometimes I listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Would you, like, is it fair to say, oh yeah, I've read uh, Game of Thrones? Because I listened to You've the heard audiobook it. and I had and I passively took in the books. No, you've heard Game of Thrones. I've heard, I've heard Game of Thrones, which sounds so bizarre. Yeah, but it's accurate. Yeah. People would think I was saying I'd heard of it. Because if you... If or I you, listened in the next room or someone watched it. Say you read a transcript of a podcast, you wouldn't be like, oh, I listened to that podcast the other day. You'd be like, I read it. I read the transcript. Yeah. I don't know, still, but in a quick conversation, someone says... Have you read Game of Thrones? Have you read Game of Thrones? It'd be stupid of me to go, no, never. And you start ref- making references to like, I thought you hadn't read Game of Thrones. You're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> should they ask no, yeah. the other senses? Oh, sorry, you've watched it, the TV series, the adaptation. Uh-uh. I'm referencing obscure plot points that you... I wouldn't know about Sunspear, capital of dawn, if I just watched it, would I? I think they do mention Sunspear. Do they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard Game of Thrones? Have you heard Game of Thrones? Uh, that would be where it goes, though. Do you not think? If it all becomes audiobooks, it'll be just, have you heard of this book? Yeah. Yeah. And then people will be like, have I heard of it? No, have you heard it? Well, there'll be teething problems, yeah. And have you heard something. Yeah, have you heard it? Yeah. That joke again. <laughs> yeah. My famous it joke. Good. <laughs> Such an it cop. Um, did we vote in the end? On the- did we? We said, is the metaphor too ridiculous? But I think you've actually saved it with your um, Earth Titan. She is a, a giant. A giantess. So yeah, yeah. let's do it. Three, two, one. We two saving up. Oh, Shakira's going through. So I still voted her down, but Daniel and Alex voted up. So Shakira so is she... joining Mr. Worldwide. Yep. And Pitbull. <laughs> That's why I call Gary Barlow. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> and Greg Camp of and Greg Camp. Smash Mouth. Great. Yeah. A super group. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be back next time with It's a Little Bit Funny. Uh, it might be this format. Special, special editions, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it might be something totally different. 
Exciting. Very. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.